the city of splendors, crown of the north. Not only are we no closer to knowing who the Duskman is, but we don't even know if he's involved with the case we're investigating. Sure, there's undead. Sure, those undead chased us as soon as we started poking around the Duke's murder. But still, we don't have any conclusive evidence. And all the truth in the world doesn't mean anything if you can't prove it. So, now we go pull on a few other threads. Because yeah, Duke Moritan may call it the City of Splendors. But to everyone else, it's still just Waterdeep. Okay, welcome back, adventurers and listeners. Uh, which isn't to say that our listeners aren't also adventurers, just that in the context of this welcome, I'm welcoming them as listeners. Uh, in our last episode, the adventurers uh, reviewed w- where they have come so far. They rested after a fierce battle with a fleshy, meaty opponent um, and are returning to the offices this bright cold winter morning um maximilian of course having slept at the office as he does as usual as usual uh, awakens first to discover an envelope taped to the door does my passive investigation of 24 tell me what's in the envelope before i open the door <laughs> um it is <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Excessive. I feel that's excessive. Um, It is a flat envelope, so there's not an... You get the impression that there is not an object in the envelope. Uh, It is more likely a a letter. Letter. Yes. Max will open the door, and uh, I would love to make a perception check to see if uh, there's anything untoward or anybody still out there or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Roll roll your uh, perception. (laughs) Uh, my active perception was a um, three on the dice plus seven, so ten total. Uh, you're not getting anything. I love that your your active perception is less than your passive perception. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By a lot. By a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's I. I blame the uh, the the eye boogers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The crust. The crust. The goblin sleep crust. Um. Uh, yeah. It's green. You know. <laughs> uh. You no. You don't see anything uh, untoward. You don't see anything out of the ordinary in the hallway, uh, or near the door that would lead you to believe that there's something going on out there. All right. I will. Uh, I will grab the letter and uh, bring it inside to the desk. Uh, and I feel like it's about this time that the other uh, Waterdeep detectives uh, start arriving at the office. Um, so uh, now you're all there uh, and you, you know, enter the office to find Max sort of removing this letter and um, investigating. You know, I... I take offense to the fact that I would wake up as people are coming in. I feel like I would have had at least five minutes to put myself together. I can't. I can't. I imagine as soon as Ledger gets there that Hector starts squawking for breakfast and so while Max attends to the letter, uh, Ledger will get some of Hector's birdseed and uh, bring it over. Wait, 
Why is Hector at the office if you're not there? Because he's impossible to live with. <laughs> oh. I mean, I leave Skitter there, too. I feel like both of those animals have... have uh, found liberation. <laughs> the menagerie, the water deep detective menagerie. Be free! Uh, Alright, so uh, yeah, hit me, with, uh, hit me with this letter. So you open the letter to find very elegant script. Uh, it's extra, extra cursive-y, um, which we're all going to pretend is an adjective for the Sure. Purposes of Make this. It fancy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, bordering on filigree, right? Like just beautiful, beautiful penmanship. Calligraphy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is a drawing of letters. It is not someone writing. They've drawn words. Uh, and it says, Mr. Murphy, I heard about that business with the Revenant. Interesting. Very excited that you survived the first day of your investigation. Looking forward to find what you discover. Duke Moraton. Oh. So he stopped by, but didn't stop by? Hmm. Maybe he sent a bat. It's fair. Thanks for not interrupting my eight hours of rest. (laughs) (laughs) If he's excited, we survived the first day... (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) yeah remember in in the hundreds of years of this guy's life he has hired multiple multiple detectives to figure out who turned him into a vampire it's quite possible that the reason that the the detectives the water deep detective agency is the only one is because he's killed the other ones with this investigation or gotten them killed, I should say. He is a vampire. Who knows? He just waits for a good detective agency every couple hundred years to pop up. <laughs> Get rid of him. To cover his tracks. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go ahead and investigate it just to make sure that to see if there's anything hidden or, I, you know, it seems pretty straightforward, but I'm a detective, so I'm going to give it the old, you know, do all of the, the first letters in each line, you know, make out, help me or whatever. <laughs> You know. Uh, yeah, roll. Um, you can roll an investigation check or uh, insight. <laughs> I rolled a natural 20, so that's a 29 investigation. Oh, wow. That's going to be the only one of the day, I can tell. Because <laughs> it's, on, it's on a nothing roll. It really is a nothing roll, too. I hadn't prepared <laughs> anything like this, but now I think I should. <laughs> you just learned what sort of pen he used. There's a flake of something in the envelope that you missed. The brand uh, of ink. The, st- the seal. It's a strange tainted color. Here's the deal, Max. Do you guys remember that scene in The Hangover? where Zach Galifianakis plays Blackjack. Sure, sure. Like it zooms out and you see all the mathematical algorithms like popping and firing in the background. It's one of those. Right, so Max looks at this and he, he his eyes kind of glaze over and these algorithms 
that he doesn't even understand begin processing, firing away. His synapses in his brain are popping off like crazy. And through a complex arithmetic that Max doesn't even understand, he's able to find the coded message within the note. And it says, if you can read this, well done. Awesome. Uh, Oh, Callum for help me. (laughs) Vampires. It could come in handy in the future. I think Doran's going to start minor illusioning that behind people's heads now. (laughs) Now, now that I have deciphered the code from the letter, I would like to compare it to the code (laughs) from the journal. (laughs) <laughs> just got some training in code breaking yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> for the next five minutes you can break any code that is unbreakable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh roll again max let me see let's see if the right. the and and this time actually here's okay so here's the deal roll again with advantage because of your Brilliant, beautiful mind working on the the vampire on Duke Moritan's letter. It's going to give you advantage on your work. So I, I, this is like, this is Max going, hey, and then, you know, diving in with the enthusiasm uh, carried over from that first. My first roll was a natural one. I knew it. I knew it was going to be. I, deep down, I knew it was roll. going to be. What was uh, the that's advantage? That's why all that laughter. The, it, it, the advantage was a 19. So that's a <laughs> 28 total investigation. <clears throat> that was like your TV house moment. Like you have this problem and then something happens. You're like, wait a second. That's the solution. <laughs> Oh man, I can't. Yeah, I. If it makes more, if it makes more sense, and if it's more fun narratively for me to roll a one. No, I. <laughs> we're gonna keep the one in there. I want everyone to because I knew, uh, I knew. I, as soon as I said roll, I was like, he's gonna roll a one. He's gonna roll a natural one. I sure did. I sure chicken did. Um, no. Then so the nineteen. We'll keep. We'll use the nineteen because you had advantage because you had the. The bonus. Um, so uh, uh, you're able to decipher quite a bit out of this journal. Um, and it is a code not unlike the strange and some might say pointless code that Duke Moritan included in his letter. <laughs> the. <laughs> Hastily added code. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps arbitrarily added code. Um, but you're able you're able to decipher it. You're able to see what it is that uh, the the code is hiding, and you find it's uh, very it's describing experiments that you don't understand fully the nature of. Uh, lots of talk of um, reanimation. Um, so you get the gist of it. They're talking about bringing things back from the dead. In an 
alchemical sense or in a necromatic sense? And would Max know the difference? You find references to both. Oh, all right. So you find references to the process in addition to references that are more arcane and beyond your mundane understanding. I dig it. You also find references to the master and how the master will be pleased with this work. Any indication of who the master might be? None. There is no there's no reference to specifically who the master is, just the master. Alright. And for reference, the this book came from that alchemical dude under the bar, so it'd be his master, right? Uh not necessarily. It's not I mean you can ask him. He's inside of your mind. Oh, Casper. That doesn't necessarily have to be his lab. Well, I, I thought we had established that the person doing the experiments wasn't Casper, so some other guy. Right. Whoever that guy is, his master. Max will share this with the group and uh, show the letter from Duke Morantan saying that he's excited that we're still alive uh, and excited to see what, that we, what we can find next. Uh, also show them that um, the code... Shows a little bit of alchemy, a little bit of necromancy, a little bit of both. Um, I don't really understand it because that's not really my forte. Um, and um, ask Doran if he will ask Casper if he has any insight into what we could glean from this. Yeah, Doran's happy to, to be a pass through for you. Can ask Casper directly. Uh, hey. Hey, Casper, um, thanks for uh, joining the team. Um, it's nice to have you on the payroll um, because we don't have to pay you. Um, <laughs> that's uh, benefits for everybody. Um, any, uh, can you give us any insight into what we might be able to find from uh, this journal that uh, we have deciphered? Give or take. Doran, I want you to roll two rolls. First, a wisdom check, and then a persuasion check. With advantage, because we're offering such great benefits. (laughs) (laughs) Persuasion of 14. Wisdom check of 11. Okay, so uh, you feel Casper, you feel Casper settle in. His presence is starting to become more natural to both of you. It's because we're good friends. Such good friends. Uh, And so he says that journal belonged to the Duskman. The Duskman is the one who performed those experiments. He was the one that built the construct. Yeah, that tracks. Doran will tuck into a meat pie, just allowing his friend to have a, a taste as well. Can ghosts taste things in your head? They do now. Hmm. Yeah, if he wants them to. I, I bet Casper loves meat pies, so. <laughs> uh, no, you feel revulsion bubble up. <laughs> because he, what what happens is he's he's very curious about what this is because he's never tasted anything quite like it. Because anyone that hasn't had a Cholton meat pie has never tasted anything quite like it. And uh, 
he reaches into your mind to discern the origin, uh, to find out what this thing is. And as he realizes it, you you feel this dawning horror <laughs> sweep you over don't him. Want, you don't want to know what that is, no. <laughs> D- Doran will say to him, end out loud, that's an acquired taste, you'll get used to it. <laughs> what do we, the detective agency, remember about the Duskman specifically from our frantic and brief encounter. Yeah, everyone roll insight for me. Ledger's a 14. 14 for Ledger. Doran's a 5. Ooh. 10 on the dice, so 17 for Max. 17. Celine? 13. 13. Okay. Not a lot. Uh, Doran is able to tell that he is indeed a man. <laughs> and that the uh, the Duskman moniker is, is fitting. Shadowy and delicious. Shadowy and delicious. Max is, e- Max is able to tell a little bit more. The Duskman didn't speak. Um, but just by the way that he's dressed, you know that he wouldn't have fit in in the finer wards of the city. He's not going to be from the North Ward. He's not going to be from the Castle District. He'll be from the South Ward, the Merchant District, um, maybe even a little bit too finely dressed for the docks. So you can narrow down regionally uh, to a certain extent. Okay. Um, beyond that, nothing else really jumps out at you. Well, we had discussed uh, last evening after we got back after our crazy day, uh, and we had discussed splitting up, uh, going to the morgue, and then going to check out this crystal. And then Max will turn to Ledger and say, any uh, any thoughts on where we could go to get this thing identified? Uh, I know a few fences, um, but maybe Bayron the Fixer might be a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably a good idea. I wonder, I wonder if he's got people on retainer that can identify these sort of things. I'm sure he does. I guess the question is now, um, how are we going to... Uh, who's going to go where? I wouldn't mind going and seeing Bayron the Fixer again. I'll go too. Me and him are almost friends. Max, do you want to um, maybe go take a look at um, at the morgue? Yeah, we could do that. Team Melee and Team Spellcaster. Yeah, I like it. And so, and if we if we run into the, the, the Duskman again, we're going to try to capture him, right? That's our plan. If We we don't have any leads, so if we just see him because he's vaguely related to our investigation. Yeah, and fairly hostile towards us, so I don't think he'll come readily. We'll capture him and perform a successful investigation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely successful. Yes. Successful. I'm ready. I, I just want to put that out there because even though the Countess is not with us right now, sadly, 
we do have the tendency to absolutely annihilate our opponents. <laughs> both, both, I might add, emotionally and physically. Yes. <laughs> emotionally, especially. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. We, yeah, we're, that's, we're totally good. As you guys um, as you guys leave the office, everyone is just going to cross the street to get on the other side of the street away from you. <laughs> You'll hear the oh They've my god! Heard that's of the, us? That's the they're the ones that blew up the island. If they investigate you, I heard your head disappears. I heard that one was a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Doran, I had a thought. You know we're we're. We're going to a fancy place. Bayron hangs out at some some pretty nice establishments. Being that it's winter and all, I could put on this nice coat that I have here. And uh, perhaps I need mm, some accessories, like a mink scarf. Hmm. Well, I think that sounds like a pretty good idea. Last time I was there, uh, I was a rat, so... Uh, yeah. That will be nicer. You can ride on my shoulders... He'll be none the wiser. You know what? Yeah, that'll work. I did want to clear up with him that we're not rich anymore, but... <laughs> oh, he doesn't He doesn't need to know that. But you, you can handle that part. Yeah, definitely. She puts on her big fancy hat, too, so that she's ready to go. My mental image is of the stoles where the animal is sort of biting its own tail. Yeah. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking too, Sam. <laughs> exactly. Doran, a wild shape into a- Doran actually taking damage over time. It's that, that hard. It's that, <laughs> except his eyes are still looking all over the place because he's Doran and he's just excited to see everything. So anyone that looks at it for too long, the stole looks back at them. <laughs> I had it in my head, though, that it's not that. It's as I'm talking to someone, it moves. So like suddenly it's like a muff around my hands. And then it's back to my neck. <laughs> like, it's just, it changes where I'm wearing it each time they look back at me. Well, we'll start with Doran will turn into a super long, gorgeous, like, white mink. And he'll bite his own tail around <laughs> as if it was the boa sort of look. Yes. Perfect. But yeah, he's definitely looking around. <laughs> Someone looks at me, gives him a little subtle wave, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> little arm. <laughs> All right, Celine and Doran are ready to go. I think we'll head out. What would you like to do first, DM? Well, first I wanted to make sure, uh, Max, are you going to ride on Ledger's shoulders? (laughs) (laughs) We're actually going to get a very large trench coat, and both of us will be in it. You're gonna be super tall. It doesn't have to be that super tall. It doesn't goblin on top though, so it's a goblin face sticking out. No, I like the idea of Ledger being on top more. Normal person, tiny little (laughs) goblin legs legs. sticking out (laughs) and like shaking. They're working so hard (laughs) to lift up the rest of the massive body. I was say you watch the ledger part just like kind of waving back and forth as they move. (laughs) Max's strength of eight. (laughs) 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 
You definitely want to put the strength 16 character on top of the strength yes. 8 character. <laughs> yeah. That is the way you do that. Max fails his third consecutive strength check and whoever <laughs> passes out. Whoever Ledger is talking to just hears like a crunch and a whimper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and the person he's talking to gets a foot shorter. So Ledger will um, make sure that he has silver daggers with him um, which he usually has but just makes a point of double checking and um, also I wonder if there's anything else that we might have at the office that would help um, if we end up running into undead Um, Max would you keep holy water or anything like that at the office uh, no, because we used to have a cleric that took care of all that. Um, and Celine doesn't mm, love holy water. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, go figure. It's because of that skitter. <laughs> so silver, silver it is. is. Max will, uh, will uh, say a little prayer to Timora, because that was the countess's goddess. And... Um, Pack in some, pack in some new new crossbow bolts, ready to go, just in case. Maybe get a little, get a little luck rubbed off on them. All right, everyone is locked and loaded. You all uh, head out uh, in your perspective or respective directions. I think we'll do Max and Ledger first. So you guys are heading to the morgue. Correct. Okay, so the morgue in the South Ward is in an interesting spot. Great. That's not ominous at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's built in the mouth of a giant dragon. (laughs) That's still alive. Uh, (laughs) Um, It's built in the basement of a government building. There's there's a, a, a large building in the South Ward... Uh, where, you know, people can get their permits and they don't have to go all the way to the castle district to to, to handle sort of day-to-day government things that they would... Norm- the satellite office. Yes, yeah. The the Faerunian equivalent of like a DMV. It's something <laughs> like that. It's the DMV and morgue. Yes. <laughs> and the end morgue is just like hammered on <laughs> on the wood panel. End morgue. With what an, would make the DMV worse? Yeah. Well, we can keep some dead bodies there. <laughs> what's this? What's that smell? Uh, it's the DMV. Don't worry about it. So yeah, there's the there's a large building, a, a bureaucratic building, and then. Um, a basement area where there's a ramp that leads down where wagon carts um, can bring bodies and, uh, you know, anything else that we have to bring down there. Uh, but there's also a, a small stairway that leads down to a uh, door not unlike the door to the Waterdeep Detective Agency. And, uh, you know, stenciled on the, on the door is Waterdeep, South Ward, Mortuary, and Mort. Maxwell up. Knock on the door. A voice from inside hollers out. This is the, you know, sort of universal call of like an overworked administrative person. Sure. uh, Who from the other side of the door. Come on in. Maxwell, uh, open the door and um, 
look up at Ledger as if to say, maybe you should take point because I'm a goblin. Ledger just gives a little bit of a nod and then kind of looks side to side. And um, Fletch, Ledger wants to make sure that there's no one watching us or noticing where we're going. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, how does my passive 24... Shut up, shut up, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see anyone overtly watching you, and even the street itself is sort of dead. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) It's, there's really not a lot of activity. It's cold, it's not the, the, you know, it's clear skies, which anyone in the Midwest knows that a clear sky in the winter means freezing. Um, and people aren't, they're, they're pushing off their day-to-day activity. They're, they don't want anything to do with this. So there are very few people out on the street. They don't seem to be paying you any attention. Okay. After looking around, Ledger will head in. And Max will follow, uh, but I'll follow in such a way where I'm, I I, want to make sure that Max is hidden from direct view you know, in the initial part of the conversation. So I'm standing behind Ledger. Got it. Basically. Okay, yeah. You're, you you want to hide the the fact that a goblin just entered the office for now. For now. For now. Okay. I think that's, that's perfectly acceptable. What does Ledger see when he walks in? Yeah, so the, the office is relatively sparse. Um, there are uh, flowers... Uh, on a vase on the desk. Um, there are a few chairs, uh, a small area for waiting. Uh, they, they look, you know, relatively comfortable, but uh, not too comfortable. The walls are bare. And at the desk is sitting uh, a woman with enormous hair. And she's really actively going through a bunch of papers. She's signing some. She's, you know, making little marks on others. Uh, she doesn't even look up as you walk in. She's just consumed in her work. Good morning. Have I found the morgue? That's what the sign on the door says. Charming. I was wondering if I might take a look around. She looks up at you, but she doesn't lift her head, so she's just kind of, you know, almost giving you a glance. And she says, this isn't a museum. You can't look around. What do you need? Well, at present, I need to look around. And then Ledger will just sort of wander over and any sort of cabinets, anything that he can get into, he'll just start rifling through things. (laughs) Max is like, I made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I love I love the idea that like several things are happening here all at once from her perspective, especially. Ledger is going and just rummaging through cabinets. But in doing so, he has left Max standing in the middle of the floor, who until now was trying to remain hidden. She does she does kind of two things. She she half stands up, she's got her hands on the desk, and she says, Get away from that, and if you don't get out of here, I'm gonna call security. It's it's quite alright. The goblin's here with me. Hi. <laughs> She says, yeah, you're not helping your case. I, I'm going to get someone. Um, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Uh, 
uh, apologies for the for the brusque entry. Um, and Max will walk up to to the desk and look up and present the business card and um, say, uh, "Hi, we are representatives of the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Hello, my name is Max. This is Ledger, uh, like the book, and um, <laughs> we." We we are in desperate need of some uh, some assistance. We are in the middle of investigation, and uh, we have discovered um, a number of stolen dead bodies. And uh, we were hoping to see if we could um, reconcile what we found versus what you may be missing. If that makes any sense at all. Uh, Max, roll an insight check. Ooh, I'm actually pretty decent at these. No, I'm not. Oh, that's a 12. <laughs> uh, uh, five on the dice, seven uh, plus seven, so 12 total. Note to self, don't say that you're good at something before you roll the dice. The woman, the woman uh, seems startled almost. And she says, we're not missing any bodies. What are you talking about? Um, I, well, that's... That's what we're here to discover, to see if you are missing any bodies, to find out where these bodies have come from. And then he will, again, reach out with the business card to show the um, credentials. And uh, and then Max will offer, I have my detective's license if you would like to see it. Ledger will continue to rummage. Yes. <laughs> Ledger is a bookkeeper, so I figure he might know exactly what to look for. She's overwhelmed with what's happening, the stimulus of this, and she just kind of looks back and forth, and she very absentmindedly takes the card from Max and looks at it, and she says, I I just, I don't, um, you... You need to go. You need. You can't be in here. This is a government building. You have to get out. Mm, uh, and did I pick anything up from that 12 on my insight check? Something's hinky. All right. Um, I would... Ooh. I, I feel hesitant to do the, uh, can I make another check? Um, is, there, is there anything else that uh, I can roll to... Mm. Can I do a straight investigation roll to see if there's anything that I can see or something that she might be trying to hide? Yeah. Uh, 15 on the dice, so 24 total. You realize that as as soon as you started talking about the bodies, she started consolidating the papers on her desk. Uh, and you also notice that the the writing on the papers in front of her bears a striking resemblance to the writing in the invoices that was sent to the the Red Gauntlet. Um, Max will uh, do that thing where he looks at Ledger and says, Ledger, desk, and uh, will point to the paperwork that she is rushedly trying to hide from us. Fletch, I'd like to look around and see what the sort of entrances and exits and sort of the logistics of this room and situation look like. So there's the door that you came in. There's the desk situated mostly in the middle of the room. And then another door behind her from which is wafting the unfavorable odor one would expect from a morgue. And um, if I may... 
I would love to use one of my new features. And I say new because I haven't used it very much because I keep forgetting to look at the second page of my character sheet. Um, <clears throat> one of my uh, inquisitive features, the uh, ear for deceit to see if someone else is lying. So it's, it's basically an insight check. But I would like to use that feature now. Oh, yeah. So that's a 13 on the dice, so 20, dirty 20. Yeah, she lying. That's what I thought. Ledger, after seeing Max's body language, kind of strolls up to the desk, really making eye contact with her. And um, he makes sure that he's positioned between her and the exit. I'm, a, I'm imagining that the layout of this room has the desk where if you walk through the door, you can immediately make eye contact with the person at the desk. Is is that correct? Yes. Yeah. The desk is facing you as you enter. So any behind. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got it. So we've established a couple of very basic things here. My name is Ledger. This is Max. And we're from the Waterdeep Detective Agency. And may I ask, what is your name? She seems very taken aback. And she says, Meredith? Meredith. As you might imagine, our visit here is purposeful. And I'm hoping that it remains very focused and focused in a way where you help us and everyone leaves this room. <laughs> I love it. Roll an intimidation check. I would like to aid him. I don't care how. I just want to, I would like to help so that he can roll with advantage. Uh, yeah. Roll with advantage. It is a 10. With advantage? Yes. Roll low, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Ledger, she gets a digit in your chest that feels like a, like a railroad spike. And she just starts jabbing you in your peck as she's like do you know how much nonsense I have to deal with on a day to day basis how many people come in here asking stupid questions wanting stupid answers and I have to handle all of it you better take your keister out of here right now so the area around Ledger starts to physically warm up uh, as he starts to get upset about the situation. Oh, you done it now, lady. Ledger leans in closer and says, Now, Meredith, we know that you've been doing some things that you shouldn't have done. And I think that you might be afraid of what happens if you tell us the truth. But I think you should be more afraid of us. Max kind of nods. Puts his hands on his hips. It's like, yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Yeah. You'd be afraid of us. Who's paying you for the bodies and how much? Meredith takes a step back and she looks up at you, uh, resolute, and she says, Olger! And the door behind the desk swings open. And it's one of those moves where the person behind the door is so big that they have to like bend over to come in 
to clear the the top of the door, but the biggest hobgoblin you've ever seen does that move into the room. He's and he's wiping his hands with a rag. And with that, we'll cut over to Celine and Mink stole Doran. <laughs> I wonder how the other guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs> she hears the stool squeaking and she's just like patting it on the head. Yeah. Like, Shh. He's going, Casper, is this cool? Yeah. <laughs> Philosophical question. Can Do- can Casper speak as a human through Doran in animal form? Because Doran is unable to cast the minor illusion cantrip while wild shaped. Mm. You know, okay. That could get weird. Just wanted to make sure. It would be really weird. No surprises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Celestial Bluetooth is temporary out of uh, temporarily out of commission. <laughs> yeah. Celine, I want you to roll a perception check before we get started. That is an eight. Okay. Very similar scenario to Max and Ledger. Uh, you are walking through the streets of Waterdeep, bitingly cold, very few people out, um, but you are nice and warm and cozy uh, with your (laughs) mink stole friend. That extra body heat really does the trick. Yeah. Uh, And so you arrive at uh, the tavern um, that Bayron the Fixer is known to um, frequent, and... It's, it's early in the day, so this would be... The, the tavern itself is not open for business. Um, this is... His, his establishment is more of a nighttime feature mm-hmm. uh, rather than a daytime feature. Uh, but even with that understood, there is a, a, a bouncer, a bodyguard outside who uh, sees you approach uh, but recognizes you and sort of gives you a nod... And, you know, shifts aside so that you're able to enter the tavern. As Celine walks by him, she'll tip her hat a little bit and then walk in. Doran will wink and nod. (laughs) Perceptive is the bouncer. (laughs) Super perceptive. He rolled a natural he rolled a natural 20 on his perception check. (laughs) And so as you as you walk in, I. and Doran winks at him. <laughs> he gives sort of like a jump. And so the door closes behind you, but you hear him go, what the hell? <laughs> so the interior of the tavern is very warm and cozy. There's a, you know, crackling fire going in the hearth and the staff is sort of bustling around getting ready for you know, presumably like a lunch shift or something like that. Uh, they are cleaning and um, just preparing tables uh, and generally getting ready. Um, along the back, there's a booth that Bayron is just sliding into. Uh, and he has a stack of papers in front of him and... Um, a, a bodyguard at the entrance to the booth uh, next to him. I'm going to assume from far away he may not recognize me immediately just because I'm 
in all of this getup. So I'll walk over uh, slowly and just kind of throw my hand up a little bit to wave at him and say, Bayron, how are you doing today? He he looks up and he sees you and he grins and he stands and, and you know, even though he had just gotten situated in the booth, he shuffles out and he says, Ah, oh, Celine, pray tell why have you decided to grace my tiny corner of Waterdeep with your radiant presence. Oh, you're too kind. Well, you see, we've come across some interesting things. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of Duke Moraton, uh, but we've, we've taken a case for him, and we found some things that I think you might be able to help us understand a little more clearly. Um, when you say Duke Moraton, he glances aside at his bodyguard um, and gives him a little nod, and the bodyguard nods his head and then walks a few steps away. And then Bayron gestures to you to sit at his booth, and he says, Of course, of course, whatever I can do. Might I interest you in some breakfast? Oh, yes. I'd love some. I had a late start today. Um, so the he he snaps his fingers uh, without looking. It's a boss move. Mm-hmm. And one of the waiters that, that's been bustling around cleaning stuff uh, just stops what he's doing and uh, scurries back to the kitchen. Okay. So Selena's is going to sit down where he motioned and she's going to tap on the head of Doran and try to take off the mink stole and, and set it in her lap. Doran will go along with it. As she sits down because she knows that he's looking around everywhere and she wants it to be less obvious. He's been performing a Morse code with his eye blinks at the... <laughs> <laughs> she could feel him moving as she's been passing people. Shame we don't need to find anything from this guy. This would be the perfect time to investigate. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you never know. Maybe we do. Mink stole Doran just slinks down to the ground and like <laughs> that's when that that's when the health code inspector shows up and he's like what the yes. hell is going on this place? You have mink. <laughs> You've got a mink infestation man. So Bayron uh, tell me do you know Duke Moraton well? Bayron says, We've crossed paths on a handful of occasions. I see. Well, as you know, he has quite a history, and, well, this case is very strange, and we've come across some unique items and I was I was hoping you could help me possibly identify one and and maybe tell me a little bit more about where it might have come from he gestures for you to proceed so she'll slide out the black crystal but like keep it kind of under the table because she doesn't want a lot of people to see it and and just sort of like hold it in her hand in front of him so 
when you reach into your pocket pouch mm-hmm. not the flesh whatever. pouch don't worry about it not the flesh pouch nope um, to get the crystal <clears throat> you find next to it uh, like a note card that you that wasn't in your pocket when you started out for Bayron's. I am not going to take it out of my pocket. I am only going to take out the crystal. Okay. Um, so you take the crystal out. What do you? How, how do you present it? Uh, just in my hands, uh, just below the table, so you can't see it. If like people are wandering around, they shouldn't be able to notice it immediately. Got it. So almost like at the edge. Yeah. But like the inside edge. Yep. Roll a perception check. Ugh, seven. You guys. <laughs> Tra-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. That, that <laughs> um, so you you hold the, the gem out mm-hmm. um, and Bayron looks at it and he he looks at it for what you feel like like might be a second or two too long. Uh, and then he looks back up at you. And he says, Oh, my dear, where did you find something that dangerous? Hello, everyone. Jason, your producer here with a quick thank you for listening and thank you for playing along. We know it's been a really weird few months, but we're happy to be back in the swing of recording and producing the show. And we're really happy to be part of your podcast rotation. As always, I've got to say a few thank yous. Huge thank you to Tabletop Audio for always allowing us to use their stuff royalty free. You can grab any sort of sounds you need for any tabletop gaming session. And if you feel like supporting them, you can jump into the Patreon. Tim posts alternate tracks of just about everything they post for their Patreon supporters, and we're happy to use those in the show. Also, huge thank you to Bugbear Bubbles for sponsoring the hosting of our show. BugbearBubbles.com is the home of the world-famous gelatinous cube soap, and every time you wash your hands, can be an adventure. I have a good berry soap. It has one D6 still hanging on, so you can grab your own today at bugbearbubbles.com. Let them know that you heard about them on Adventure They Wrote. We would really appreciate it. That's going to be it for us this week. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery.